Hi, I'm Jillian. Um, this is my first time here, so thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'm here representing Imagine That. Um, has, has anyone else is anyone else familiar with Imagine That other than Maddie? Anyone else been there? Have you been there? Awesome. So I'll start off by telling you a little bit about like what Imagine That is, sort of the nitty gritty of it, and then I want to talk about some specific artists that I've been working with um, over the last like eight years. So uh, before I start, I'm gonna have Maddie pass these out to some tables. These are zines that have been made by either specific artists or collaborative um, by lots of artists that I support, we support, and imagine that. Feel free to pass them around and look at them. And then also, there's two round tables back there. Um, each one has a portfolio on it. One is a portfolio of like more information about Imagine That, sort of like our accomplishments over the years and our timeline. Another one is a book of work by an artist that I support, uh, Johnny B. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about him in a little bit, but it's kind of like a bunch of his collages, one portfolio out of like five. So yeah, Imagine That is a nonprofit art studio that supports artists with developmental and intellectual disabilities. It's in the crossroads. We support a little over 60 artists now, I believe, and we have about 13, 14 trained staff, most of which went to the Art Institute. I myself am the outreach and media coordinator, so I reach out to the community, I make flyers, I get donations, I do all that fun stuff. Yeah, and we are a part of RHD, Resources for Human Development, which is an organization that's run out of Philadelphia. Um, they run homeless shelters, women's shelters, uh, rehabilitation institutes, other places for people with developmental disabilities, all kinds of all kinds of things. Um, I think they have organizations in 16 states now, if that's right. I don't know, they're always opening more things. So I would highly recommend you checking them out, rhd.org. Oh, and that's me and uh, our artist, Austin, working on the Pianos on Parade thing a few years back. That was really fun. This is our building. This is our new building. Uh, we moved in there about three years ago. We were in this like tiny little confined space for several years. Um, and we got to move into this beautiful building right behind the Firestone building. It's two stories. So we do everything from painting, ceramics, woodworking. We have a music studio. Um, pretty much anything the artists want to do and want to work on and want to learn, we're there to help them and we have the equipment to do it. So that's where we're at. Uh, this is our gallery. So every first Friday um, we have uh, an art exhibition depending on what the artists make. Uh, we show their work in the gallery, and if they sell anything, they get to keep 80% of the proceeds, and then 20% goes back into us helping them continue to do what they do. So yeah, we try to have you know a show every month. It depends, we sometimes have themes. It depends on like what people are making at the time. We also have like a big annual event every year. This is just one of the one of pictures of one of our events. We also have a house band called I Threw a Chair. <laughs> um, the, I threw a chair in group therapy are our two house bands. Um, and this is, this is at one of our annual events every year. We have a, um, a big like block party. This one was called B-Side Fest. I think this year we're going to try to do a big fashion show. Um, and they're actually, it's really, really exciting because they get to go on tour soon. And they're going to be going up to Minnesota to play a music festival. So we're really excited for them. Um, so the first artist I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about, I think, like six artists, most of which I've, they've been there from the very beginning in 2012. This is Beth. 
She's like the light of my life, look at her. So yeah, Beth, um, so I'm gonna kind of talk about like their artistic um, accomplishments as well as like personal growth that I've personally seen. And this is, just to reiterate, this is like my experience only and like what I've seen over time. Obviously I am not a person with a developmental disability so I can't speak for them necessarily, but this is what I've seen over the years. Um, when I first met Beth, she was very quiet. She never talked, she never made eye contact. Um, she drew a lot, she loved art, but she didn't really come out of her shell. And as years have passed, she now makes eye contact with everyone. She, she'll, she tells people that she loves them. She gives everybody fist bumps. It's really, really awesome. She never like wanted even like bodily contact before. I'm actually wearing a shirt that she designed. Her, uh, these, she, this is from a series she calls her, her Naked Girlfriends. <laughs> because she likes to draw naked girlfriends. <laughs> but Beth is super awesome. She draws really like intricate, beautiful like designs that are just tiny, tiny little like pen marks at a time. So this, this is a drawing she actually did of me. I was wearing like, it was a picture of me wearing a buffalo head that I had made in my own art practice. And she took that and turned that into a drawing for me. This probably took her three months and it's a like maybe nine by 11 drawing. So it's just tiny, tiny little marks that she's doing all the time some more of her naked girlfriends. So I think this is, that's the design. Not only did she grow as like a, a person um, in my own eyes, but just this last, I think it was not this past summer, but the summer before that, she got to have a show <coughs> with another artist at a gallery called Front Space. And it was called Fancy Lady Boots. And it was all of her naked girlfriends <laughs> and another lady that likes to draw portraits of women. Um, and it was all of their work. So that was really exciting. Um, this is Troy. So Troy, you might have seen in the picture of the band. He uh, plays in the band. Uh, so he does a lot of music stuff. Uh, when I first met Troy, and just to um, preface anything that I'm saying, I can't give any like diagnosis of anyone due to HIPAA, but any information I do give you about anyone is I've gotten permission to share with you. So uh, when I first met Troy, he was really depressed. He had come off of a, like a pain medication addiction. He had lost his girlfriend. Um, she had passed away. So he was really down. He um, wasn't doing great. He didn't even really like art that much, but he came to the studio. He started making music. He opened up. He uh, squashed his medication addiction and is like doing amazing things now. He's like got work in shows. He has, um, shoot, I forget what this is called, where you can um, see music. Does anyone know what that's called? I can't remember. Stina, Stina, that's it. So he has that, so he sees music. So he does these really beautiful layered paintings where he'll listen to music and he'll paint what he's seeing. And so this painting um, is this piece that he did where he painted and then he poured resin and then he did another layer with another piece of music and then he poured resin and did another layer. So his paintings are gorgeous and they are always just like full of color and joy and he says that's because he's like full of color and joy now, which I think is really special. This is a series of four, four different songs that he painted to go together and they were four different songs of like how he was feeling at the time. I don't know what songs they were, um, he didn't tell me. But <laughs> so that's sort of an example of what Troy does and sort of Troy's growth since I've known him since 2012. This is Freddie. Freddie is like a crotchety old man, but he's like one of my favorite people. 
And when he first came to the studio, he also didn't care about art. He didn't want to do it. He wanted nothing, nothing to do with it. Get art supplies away from me. But the cool thing about when you work with people over time is you sort of like figure out what they do like to do and how you can take that and turn that into a creative expression. He loves the Wheel of Fortune and he loves embroidery. He didn't necessarily like doing embroidery, but he loved it. So we found out that if he, if we um, clamped a, an embroidery hoop to a table, he could use one hand to go back and forth to make his embroideries. So it's really being a, about being like adaptive to like what they're able to do. And they, you know, they can do anything as long as you're willing to meet them halfway. So these are his uh, Wheel of Fortune embroideries. So this is the wheel, and this is, um, what's his name, Pat Sajak? <laughs> Yes. So, so yeah, these were just made by us clamping a hoop to a table and he was able to pick his colors and, and embroider. He has a whole series of Wheel of Fortune embroideries. Uh, I think they've all sold now because people love them. Because why wouldn't you? He always puts his eyebrows under the eyes and I love that. <laughs> I love that. This is Lee. Uh, Lee's been there for since like day one. And Lee is an incredible artist. I. Wow. Can't, I can't explain to you how amazing he is, but like, if his work isn't in a museum, by the time I'm dead, I'm gonna be really angry. Lee loves doing portrait work, so as you can see, like all of these are his. And he has just like a really unique way of seeing faces and recreating faces. And he has just continued to improve his, his skills and his practice. He started working with oils within the last like two years, which he had never done, and he's phenomenal at it. So yeah, I guess that's the only picture I, I thought I had more, but um, this is Parker. Parker, I get a little choked up when I talk about Parker because he like wouldn't talk to me whenever I first worked there. He hadn't, he didn't, he didn't want anything to do with me. But right before we moved into our new building, he like asked to hug me for the first time, which was like really special. Um, and Parker is the kind of guy that like, he needs a lot of structure. He needs like I don't want any clutter in my life. I, I need things to be like, like a grid. I need everything to like make sense. And I don't want any deviation from that. But over the last year, we've been working with him on like sort of loosening up and try to like, trying to let him be okay with change and be okay with like mess. And like to know that it's, the world's not gonna end if you know, there's a loose string or you know, whatever. He was really resistant at first, but now he's like, he just wants to try every different medium and he doesn't care if it like if it's messy and he just wants to do it all and it's like really cool to see him like break out of that such an anxious anxiety ridden like need for structure and to be able to just like let loose and create and not worry about it so recently he started doing these um these wrapped they're like he he likes to make things out of like recycled materials so he really likes to collect like um old carpet tubes and he'll he started like wrapping them but it was really cool to watch him at first wrap them in this really like tedious sort of like structured way and then start wrapping them in this like really haphazard like he was just doing it he was going for it and it was so cool to see him like let loose like that and this is another piece that he made where he just sort of like normally he would make like a grid and it would have to be every string is like the same length and he started sort of loosening up and then he made this entire series over this year, like just busted it out and now he's gonna have a show 
in St. Louis later this spring. So super awesome. This is another like detail shot. Yeah, it's, it's weird uh, for me to try to explain how impressive this is, but it's so, so, so impressive. Um, this is Ricky. Ricky has been there since the beginning as well. Ricky was also another person that was, um, he was homeless at one point in his life. He came from sort of like an abusive background, but then he came to the studio and he makes probably three drawings a day and he's been doing that every day for five days a week since he's been at the studio. And so he has these like stacks, stacks and stacks of drawings. It's, it's insane. And he not only just creates prolifically, but two years ago, he got his artwork on um, a streetcar stop for Art in the Loop. So he was one of like 18 people selected that year as an artist that had artwork on the downtown strip, which was super cool for him. This sort of gives you an example of how much work he makes. This is probably less than a month's worth of work for him. So he just creates and creates and creates. And um, we recently had our CEO of RHD come down to visit and he saw this wall and he paid to have Ricky go to Philadelphia and install a wall like this in our central office. So just amazing for him. I was so proud of him. This is another quick little thing that I love about the Art in the Loop story is um, Ricky's very quiet. He doesn't talk a lot. But during Art in the Loop, they would have opening and closing receptions. And he went to the opening reception with us. <coughs> and um, we were like, Rick, we talked about Ricky's work and we talked about Imagine That. And we were like, Ricky, do you want to say anything? And he came up and he just said, I'm so happy, thank you. And like, ah, killed me. So he was really proud of that. And we're obviously really proud of him. This is actually in our, this is where I work normally. This is the front desk. So if you ever come to the studio, this is the first thing you'll see when you walk in. This is Donald. Donald's awesome. Donald is nonverbal, so he does, does, doesn't ever speak, but he makes some of the most incredible work that I've ever seen in my life. He's also another person that's really prolific. But the cool thing about working with Donald over time is that even though he's nonverbal, recently we've figured out that we can um, write notes up on the dry erase board for him, and he'll answer those. So we're now we're having conversations with him every day, and that's really cool. He talks a lot about ghosts, though, so I don't know what he's saying that we're not seeing. <laughs> he's seeing stuff, though. He's seeing stuff. Um, but this is an example of some of the stuff that he does. So, like, even though he's nonverbal, he writes a lot. And it's kind of like poetry that's sort of also a riddle that we're always trying to figure out. He does these, these weird poems, and he'll always find little, like, so very hip to add just his own little Donald flair. This is another one that was really kind of like striking. Wow. He writes a lot about um, homelessness and um, like financial troubles, even though he doesn't necessarily have financial troubles. So like just because someone's nonverbal doesn't mean that they're not aware of what's going on and very like able to communicate those things. Um, so now I'm gonna talk about my favorite person. This is Johnny B. Me and Johnny B have been friends since like day one. He calls me Julie Burrito, so we're JB and JB. I love Johnny, when I first met Johnny, He's another person that was like very, very like just sort of down. He was, he was also violent whenever I first met him. He had a hard time like remembering where he was most of the time and that would really like stress him out and he would, you know, lash out at people, clear, you know, understandably so. And I've been working kind of one-on-one -on -one with John for a really long time and we, we've worked on everything from quilts to, we used to do this thing called, um, Johnny Mondays where he would give me a joke to write and I'd put it on our on our 
blog or our Instagram because he's a really funny person. Um, he loves fiber work. He loves telling jokes. He loves politics. Um, but just over the last like two years, I've seen tremendous growth with him. He is pretty much happy all the time. He loves everybody. He, I haven't seen him have like a violent moment in like several years now. And not to say that that's all because of art or because of Imagine That, but I know that it definitely is a huge part of what has helped him find like a, a place and find purpose and find a way to express his feelings. Two years ago, uh, he had he won the ETOS Person of the Year Award, and this is him accepting his award, and that was a really special moment. Oh, this is an example of one of the fiber things that, that he wanted to make, a Subway sandwich. He really loves making food-related things. But within the last, like, year and a half, two years, <laughs> this is what he's really, where he's really, like, found his voice is through collage. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so over the last few years, we've been collecting magazines. He really likes, like, fashion magazines and food magazines are his favorite. The way we work together is we'll look through magazines together and he'll pick a, pick a magazine page. We'll, he'll draw a face for it, and I'll say, all right, Johnny, what are they doing in this image? And he'll give me a, a, you know, a comment, and then literally letter by letter, I'll help him spell out all of his words, and that's his artwork. So, and that's what's in one of the portfolios back there is a bunch more of his collages. So if you want to see more like super hilarious work, definitely go look at his collages. Um, he also had work up on a billboard, Let's see, I think that was also two years ago. He had a big year two years ago. So the Missouri Bank art boards, I don't know if you've ever seen those downtown above the Missouri Bank in the crossroads. They pick like, I think it's like 20, 20-ish artists every year to have work up on the billboards and he was one of the ones chosen. Um, so he had this work up for, I think it was like three months and that was really exciting. He got like $1,000 for that. He also had his first solo show called <laughs> The Future is Dogs. <laughs> He had that at Plug Projects down in the West Bottoms, and he also had a corresponding book published that sold out. There were, I think, 35 copies, and they sold out within like a week and a half. So he had a huge year that year. So I highly recommend if you want more of hit, like more Johnny B content, go follow him on Instagram, Johnny B Art. Um, you can also follow us, Imagine That KC, on Instagram and you know, learn more about our artists and what they do. And yeah, they all have their very specific and individual styles. This is a, re a very recent picture in front of the wall. Mayor Quentin Lucas came to visit, which was really cool. He's a really some guy. But this is also to say, like, make sure and reach out to your representatives. We're funded by Medicaid waivers, so we definitely need to make sure, like, that that is not taken away. Um, some of our artists were kind of concerned when Trump was elected that they're funding was going to get taken away and we don't ever want that to happen because uh, we love everyone there. There's Johnny. So, oh, that's the end. I thought I had one more slide. So that's kind of like a quick rundown of what we are and who we are and what we do and some of the stories of growth that I've personally seen, but there are so many more. So I encourage you to like check us out more and um, we have a First Friday show coming up um, February 7th. That one is not going to have our artist work. We're, we're going to do a staff show. Every, every year we like to try to show like what our staff brings and what skills they have that they're using to help our artists uh, with their creative expression. So if you guys have any questions, 
you can ask or ask me afterward, <laughs> and I would love to answer any of them. I know that's a lot, and I could talk about Imagine That all night, but I know we have other things to do, so, yeah. How often do most people come to the it depends on like what uh, what they want to do and what their funding allows. So some people come five days a week and some people come one day a week or like one to three days a week. So we typically have, we have over 60 artists but we're typically only serving around 40 on, a, on any given day. Yeah. When you um, went to college or did you know this was gonna be your population? Did you feel I had okay. no idea. Okay. I mean. responded to a Craigslist ad that said, hey, do you want to work <laughs> at an art gallery? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't even know it was for people with developmental disabilities, but it ended up being like the best choice I could have made. Um, I highly recommend everybody like at least volunteer with people with developmental disabilities at some point. Get involved with them because they'll become your best friends. Anybody else? Yeah. How big is your staff? And are there any little tips you could give uh, for how, how you figure out what someone likes, whether it's fabric or embroidery or whatever. Yeah, um, so as far as staff goes, I think we have, it's like 13 to 15 at the moment. So usually one staff has like a group of four. We have a ratio one to four typically. And tips for determining what people like, um, one thing is just time. Um, rapport is a huge thing, like if they don't, if, if somebody doesn't trust you or doesn't really like you, then they're not going to tell you what they like to do. Um, but we also have plans. So people, before they start, will come in and say kind of like what their goals are, and we'll try to like meet those goals. And within a year, if they're like, I don't want to do this anymore, then we'll like, all right, let's try some new things and see what you like and kind of, you know, trial, trial banger. Anybody else? I thought I saw a hand. Yeah. <clears throat> so how do folks get enrolled in your programs? Are they referred by other third-party services that... that so so the whole, the, that whole process is like a little bit above me, so I can give you a, a little information, but not all the details because I'm not sure. Um, but usually it's, for, first and foremost, they have to show an interest in art because uh, we do have a wait list now. So if you're not interested in art, then there's not really no, a point. Um, so they'll come on a tour um, if they like it. Their support coordinator will help them secure funding, and they usually do like a trial period to make sure it's a right fit. And then if they like it, then they'll choose like however many days they want to come. And yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go to her first. Go, go, go to Emily. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, you've been working there for a while now. Have you seen Kansas City's attitude change towards? Yeah, absolutely, and I think and I think that's something I meant to touch on, and I forgot. Um, definitely, part of like our mission and my mission personally is to like integrate our our artists with the like mainstream art community in Kansas City um, because they they did feel like two separate things when I first started. Um, but over the years, it's definitely like I'm seeing a more like a, an interweaving between the two, and especially with like. Johnny getting the art boards and like having a bigger space that we can sort of share with the community, um, inviting the, the community in to do like workshops or what have you. It's definitely more of like not only an acceptance but like a encouragement for our artists to like be involved with this show or, and they're definitely taken more seriously, which is like really important to me because they're artists just like anybody else. So, um, how has if it has your definition of art? It's changed completely. 
So whenever I was in college, I was like, what do I, what do I need to make to make people take me seriously? Or what do I need to make that like is academic enough for people? Or what do I need to make that's like accepted um, in a more traditional museum or gallery sense? And like that, who cares? Who cares about that anymore? The artists that I work with make what they want to make when they want to make it, and they don't really care like if somebody likes it or if somebody <coughs> wants to put in a gallery. And that has like completely changed my attitude about like what I make and why I make it. Um, it's given me a lot of freedom, and um, yeah, it's taught me a lot about like what art is or isn't. And art is like whatever you say it is <laughs> because it's whatever they say it is. So, yeah. Okay, well, I'll end it there, and if anyone has any other questions, you feel free to come up to me, and feel free to uh, look at those portfolios, and yeah, and thank you so much for having me tonight. I really appreciate it.